0: We didn't we? Oh, it's because we died at the start.
1: Whereas this time, we'll die at the end! (laughs) Uh, welcome to the Poltercast. I'm Hamish. I'm Tiff. We are paranormal experts who... Come on, play on it. Who delve into the deep, dark, dripping world of paranormal uh, things. things. (laughs) Um... And we take the piss. Yeah,
0: basically.
1: <laughs> we don't try. You go there and make it worse. I want to reassure listeners that we started this podcast due to a genuine fascination yeah. with the supernatural. But I'm we laugh our fear
0: because it's us.
1: Yeah,
0: it just evolves quite like, quickly.
1: <laughs> I don't think it ever like it starts. Starts very high. No, you can probably count the actual stories are done that have been scary.
0: And half of them on a finger, sent
1: us in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one someone to end that was scary. Um, okay, so have you been? <laughs> I mean,
0: I've had just a nice cool drink of water, that was quite
1: nice. Oh, yes, <laughs> we are enjoying water this episode.
0: <laughs> We're sponsored by Earth,
1: <laughs> by the elements. h 2 what's your favorite element?
0: Um. I mean,
1: the water's pretty great. <laughs> that's
0: not an element; that's a compound. Oh, okay. Get your chemistry right, here, I was talking
1: more sort of mystical. Oh,
0: like the, the like Heart. ancient Chinese. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, like I rich mean, metal. So oxygen yeah. is pretty great.
0: I, I rate it quite highly.
1: Mm. But then I do love um, mercury.
0: I think magnesium is quite fun. Like, do you remember those experiments at school? We it in like. What is that? Calcium or sodium? One of them you'd put in that water and it go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right? It like zoom around on the water and like in a flame.
1: <laughs> um, I am I, sticking with mercury. I think it's pretty great.
0: About like neon,
1: okay. argon, argon.
0: Is that even one of
1: <laughs> Yeah. Um. Send in your favourite.
0: <laughs> <laughs> send in your favourite elements, mystical or otherwise
1: literally send them in don't actually yeah. email what your favorite is just send we us can a big
0: boost them. top J box e 5 b 0
1: please send a big truck of zinc to <laughs> them um, we just like to talk about science for a bit as we before we delve into right. super science
0: you know they used to think sciencey things are magic so yeah Maybe all of this is just... Maybe ghosts are actually science.
1: We should do a periodical table of ghosts.
0: (laughs) Like, the types of ghosts. Yeah. Like, ghoul.
1: Ghoul. That's one. Phantom. Spectre. Uh, Dean
0: would count. Yeah. Yeah. Apparition.
1: Apparition. Uh, A doppelganger. Yeah. That counts.
0: That's a good one.
1: Um, you know, and the rest—an <laughs> <laughs> um, um, like... orb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting orbs in the next in India book.
0: <laughs> Good. Um, um, I mean, there's not have to be a big table of elements.
1: Just like ten.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, everyone, everyone starts somewhere. I mean, I mean you don't
1: use half of them. I
0: mean, like, they didn't discover all the ones in the periodic table all at once.
1: So there's the table of elements, but there's, like, the side table of yeah. ghosts.
0: <laughs> the kids' table.
1: <laughs> the kids' table of ghosts. Anyway. Um, yeah. Stop
0: fiddling with your...
1: With my toy. guy. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that. It sounds like a being a naughty man.
0: I don't know which kaiju it what this, is.
1: What's his
0: name?
1: This is Gaius. Oh, I don't know who he is. I
0: mean, or she.
1: I don't know. I think so, I think they are. They they swarm. There's lots of them. Oh. So I'm su- assume all gen- genders. All genders are represented. Um, <laughs> okay, I'll go first this week.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and mine's a. I think it's a bit of a big boo. Yeah. But it might be on the small side of the big boos. So like a... A semi-well-known...
0: So not a humongous boo. (laughs)
1: A (laughs) boomongous. This is a a little bow diddly. Big bow diddly. A a, a bitty boo. (laughs) A bit of a boo. Okay. And I was going to do this. This has been on my list of ones to do for a very long time when we like started the podcast and I basically googled a bunch of things and, uh, and I wasn't going to do it for a long time because it kind of upsets me a bit. Oh excellent. But, <laughs> I'm listening. Um, this I love is, being upset. This is, <laughs> it's my second favourite thing after being happy. Um, happy to say it. It's all about fear. Well <laughs> Where are your edges? <laughs> <laughs> um, you can take you can take the guard a to hot topic, but you can't take hot topic.
0: We do not have hot topic. I really, know, but... I know.
1: Um, I really want to go. I don't
0: know, where you go? They like they have some genuinely good stuff that I've seen. I'm
1: gonna
0: go in uh I don't Sorry.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna see if there's a hot topic in New Orleans. Anyway, okay, so this is the possession of Elizabeth Knapp. She tired. No. So K N A P P. Knapp. Have you heard of her?
0: Um not off the bat, but I might recognise it on hearing.
1: This connects to a few other Mm -hmm. things that we have sort of touched on in the um well, mostly one thing. Okay. (laughs) Mostly the idea of ghosts.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mostly the theme of the
1: podcast. Yeah, Yeah. So the possession of Elizabeth Knapp. Um Gr- Groton. That sounds Gro Gr- of, of Groton. Gr- of Groton. Groton. I think it's Groton. <laughs> Massachusetts. Grotton. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> Groton. If your name's Nap and you... I'm Nap from Groton. Nothing's going to go well for you in your life. Okay. Uh, uh, right, listen. <laughs> Massachusetts um, was documented by Samuel Willard a prominent preacher in the Puritan Massachusetts Bay Colony, from October 30th, 1671 until January 12th, 1672. Um, Willard, he's the prominent preacher who likes to write, uh, sent letters to Cotton Mather. Oh, I
0: know him. Not yeah
1: who published an account of Elizabeth Knapp's possessions in his Magnalia Christi Americana.
0: I've not read that.
1: That would be such a good drag name. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Magnalia Christi Americana (laughs) from Groton, Massachusetts. (laughs) Puritan-themed drag queen. I mean, there's so much to go on. (laughs) Okay. I already have part of the outfit. You do. I did
0: dress as a Puritan once
1: once yeah. <laughs> not just
0: well like partly my general wardrobe but I had a legit costume mm-hmm. of one I don't know if you remember when I was at uni and we had to I had a project where I dressed as one and we had to do a parade isn't there like there's a picture of me of like white face and then
1: isn't there um a bit of Marks and Rack where um Aubrey Plaza April
0: Probably. um
1: they go to like an 80s party and she chose the 1780s <laughs> <laughs> that's me Okay. Uh Knapp was a six uh was sixteen at the time, um and was the daughter of a farmer and the servant uh of Samuel Willard, the writer. Sorry, I'm mentioning lots of people's names. I try and like say who they are in the story. I just remembered. What?
0: In is you know in the Sage Witch? Yes. Wasn't the was it the principal who was called was his name Willard?
1: Maybe. Willard these Croft. are all these are all people who like uh, so it's completely relevant. But, yeah. Well, I'm getting into the next sentence. Her possession, which has striking resemblance to those seen in Salem 20 mm. years later. Um, so this is all connected in yeah. the same world. Um, Cotton.
0: Yeah, he went on to Salem.
1: He went to Salem. Mm. Um, and he published Willard's letters in his Magnalia Christiana, his book. Groton, Massachusetts, (laughs) is located 32 miles northwest of Boston. During the time of Elizabeth Knapp's possession, it was located in the Massachusetts Bay Colony. In 1676, just four years after the Knapp case, the town was attacked by 400 Native Americans, and all but a few of the homes were destroyed in the attack. Groton had an overwhelmingly strict religious atmosphere, being predominantly Puritan as well as holding views that women should contribute to the community labour. That's, that's... I mean,
0: that's quite progressive. Yeah. In a weird way.
1: Um, yeah. Let's call them progressive.
0: <laughs> not progressive. <laughs> I'm not
1: sure what this labour entails. Yeah. Um, the position case of Elizabeth Knapp is unique and strange in the aspect that it was documented and approached from a thoughtful and scientific expe- aspect. Um... Now was the servant uh, I said this of Willard um, who was a prominent revenant in the church of Groton. <laughs> uh this <first> game. Um <laughs> you can't get over Groton. I'm fine. When I say Groton just think of a nice word. Like Sproton. <laughs>
0: can't count I'm sorry, I'm sorry.
1: Okay. Uh, This became an issue because Willard was known for his sermons about damnation and the obedience to God. One sermon in particular states that the youth of the town should have been very careful because although God is ready to receive them, the devil is ready to endeavour them.
0: Oh, so I guess it means, like, I mean, God will, like, have you if you come to him, but the devil will go after you.
1: Yeah. When Nap was a member of a... Uh, when Knapp, a member of his own household, began to show signs of demonic possession, Willard took a careful and scientific approach to the situation which was rare for the 17th century Puritan New England. He called in a medical doctor on several occasions and tried to cure, uh, find a cure for her symptoms. After they could provide no explanation for her fits, he declared that it was a case of possession. Throughout the entire process, as noted in his journal, Knapp seemed to have had the most violent fits when he was present. Willard carefully and meticulously documented Napp's daily, uh, daily from night, uh, sorry, uh, carefully documented her daily from the night she first showed signs till when she stopped. Okay, let's get into it. Um, Nat Willard writes that Napp at first began to complain of pains throughout her body. She would grab certain parts of her body, such as her leg, breast and neck, and yell out, particularly about strangulation she would go through emotional fits sometimes laughing to the point of hysterics weeping or screaming out hallucinations then followed on several occasions she claimed to see two persons walking around her all uh she stated to have seen uh, also she stated to have seen a man floating around her bed nap also broke out into fits particularly at nighttime and convulsed on the ground uh then she tried to throw herself into the fire. Willard notes that on the first Sabbath day after the symptoms appeared, the young girl became violent, leaping and contorting her body to the point where it took three to four people to hold her down. I thought it was going to say uncontorted. I thought she went. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is why I find it upsetting because obviously we would consider this something else today, probably. Yeah. Um, As she was throwing these fits, she would yell out words such as money, money, sin and misery. Willard then documented that on the night of November 2nd, 1671, Knapp made a confession of meeting with the devil, a characteristic of a lot of possession cases. She stated that for three years the devil met with her, promising her money, youth, ease from labour and the ability to see the world. I can show you. I think the, that's
0: from
1: the of Mm-hmm. She then claimed that she had presented. Uh, he had presented her with a book of blood covenants, which were signed by other women as well. She also said that the devil had tried to get her to kill herself and others, um, including Willard himself, but she had refused. Oh. She, continu- <laughs> <laughs> she continued. She continued. Yeah, she refused the devil. Mm. Uh, let's let's look on the positives. Yeah. Um, she continued with fits and apparitions of the devil and various other spirits until the night of November 28th, in which she had a fit lasting 48 hours. Afterwards, she was in a catatonic state until the night of December 8th, in which she made the confession that after being assaulted by the devil various times, she may, had made a pact with him and allowed him into her bed. Willard's journal continued on to state that she, throughout the month of December, goes in and out of violent fits, one much worse than the next. She talks in strange, deep voices and made animal sounds. There was also this, uh... This is when Willard states that the devil would talk through her, calling him a rogue minister.
0: Mm. of Just accusing him of corruption, really.
1: Hmm. Um... For So, entries about this don't begin again, Uh, until January 16th, uh, dates, dates, dates. We <laughs> <laughs> don't, you're not keeping track. Um, She confessed to him that the devil had control of her body, and that he was much more powerful than she was. She stated that he had also tried to hold her uh, of her speech, uh, and she had no control of the things that she was saying. The next night, she went into a fit of hysterical crying and weeping, in which she called for Willard's presence. The fits held her till late in the night as long as Willard. Sorry. Uh, basically, she went through fits of being completely speechless and then talking a lot in this deep voice. Um, uh, it's a bit
0: like the Enfield pod, pod
1: It is. After this night, Willard ends his documentation of the possession case, stating that he would leave it in those who were more learned, aged, and judicious 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 than he was so he kind of stops talking about it for them for a bit um willard concluded his entries with a final four points in which he gave his final opinions about the the, the validity of the possession case in the first point he states that naps uh, distemper is no way could be counterfeit on the grounds that he was uh Basically, he said it was physically impossible to fake such actions. The second point refers to whether or not her temper was natural or diabolical, in which he stated that because of the length of her convulsions and the strength of her fets, he believed them to be diabolical. Hmm. <laughs> which are just the two things yeah. you can be. Um, I guess the... it's like, well, it's either the devil or isn't Yeah. Um... <laughs> At the end of the day. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's doggy dog. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> end up uh, In the third... Uh, she says that the strength of her fix, he believed. Uh, blah blah blah. Um, even though many were skeptical of the fact that the devil talks through the girl, he was convinced. He stated on several occasions he spoke with her mouth. Uh, she spoke with her mouth closed. Her throat would swell up like a balloon, and the voices that he heard were not her own. However, in the fourth point, he said that he would, has strong doubts about Nap making a pact with the devil. This is because she is so contradictory about the facts and what happened in her supposed meetings with the devil. Willard went on to give several powerful sermons in the village of Salem during the Salem witch trials in 1692, as well as discrediting evidence of conviction for several women during the trials, stating that the trials should be held in a fair and legal way. So he sounds like a shit. Yeah. But maybe... Not as much
0: of one as... Maybe... A lot of the other guys.
1: Not the king shit. Yeah, not
0: as bad as, like, Connella.
1: Yeah. Oh, we'll get back to him. Mm. Um, after Willard stopped entries into his journal, it has been... Histori- uh, basically, it's a historical mystery what happened to Nap because he just stopped talking about her. No one cares
0: when she's not being a- interested.
1: Exactly. Um, however, this case was used then for centuries as an example mm. of the most documented case of what possession looks yeah. like. Um, so the Magnolia Christi Americana It means The Glorious Works of Christ in America. Yikes. It consists of seven books collected into two volumes, and it details religious developments in Massachusetts and the nearby colonies in New England. Notable parts of the books include, um... Uh... Uh... How Best to Convert Your Slaves to Christianity. Oh,
0: no. Um...
1: A catalogue of all the students who have ever graduated from Harvard College. Um... I don't know why I put it in that order. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and the a detailed description of the Salem Witch Trials. Um,
0: uh, I don't think this would pass today. Like They'd be like, so what's the, what's the concept of your book?
1: Yeah, it's just a, a random spattering of things he thought.
0: Yeah. It's kind
1: of like a Jeremy Clarkson book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I kind of. So
0: I imagine it would be. I, nice. It
1: just seems like a picture of him on the cover, going like, "Hmm." Yeah. And like, internet. Yeah. What is it? <laughs> YouTube. YouTube. Uh. Na- God. Nanny State. Um. Anyway. <laughs> um. So do you want to read an ex? Here's a little excerpt. Sorry to drag this on. I love
0: excerpts.
1: <laughs> you love Grotton. So, in the town of Groton, one Elizabeth Knapp was taken after a very strange manner, sometimes weeping, sometimes laughing, sometimes roaring, with violent agitations, crying out, money, money! Her tongue would be for many hours together drawn like a semicircle, or to the roof of her mouth, so that no fingers applied onto it could remove it. Six men were scarce able to hold her in some of her fits, but she would skip about the house, yelling and howling, looking hideously. On December seventeenth, her tongue being drawn out of her mouth to an extraordinary length, a demon began met- manifesting to speak in her. For many words were distinctly uttered, wherein are the labial letters, without any. <laughs> Come again? Without any. No, just keep going. <laughs> without any motion of her lips at all. Words also were uttered from her throat sometimes, where her mouth was wholly shut, and sometimes words were uttered where her mouth was wide open. But no organs of speech are ushered therein. I just like the way it's written. The chief... I don't agree with it, I just like the way it's written. (laughs) The chief things that the demon spoke were horrid railings against the godly minister of the town, but sometimes he likewise belched out some uh, nefandius. Blasphemies against the God of Heaven, and one thing about this young woman was yet more partic- uh, peculiar, remarkable. She cried out in her fits that a certain woman in the neighbourhood appeared unto her and was the only cause of her affliction, um, etc. We didn't need to know about him. Um, basically, part of the things she was doing was accusing other women of witchcraft. Yeah. So it's one of those things. It's one of those things. Yeah, that's what
0: often happens.
1: Yeah, to save themselves. You yeah. know. Okay. Um. So then comes the theories of what this all was. Um, in the study of witchcrafts and history, there have been many psychological theories that have arisen as to why so many possession cases took place during the seventeenth and eighteenth century. One, sorry, one theory is the strict religious atmosphere at the time. Um, It is apparent that most uh, possession cases took place in areas in which religion was the prominent aspect of society. This could be responsible uh, in the aspect of Nat, who felt confined by her community and was frustrated with her situations. She acted out, both mentally and physically, um, as being the only way she knew how to rebel in the world of religion. Um, She was perhaps rebelling against the institution that restricted her. Um, For example, when Knapp stated that the devil tried to bribe her on several occasions with fine silks and an ease of labour, uh, her giving in would have been her breaking down her Christian loyalties. Um, Another explanation is that uh, when she started having fits and being possessed and, uh, She started getting all this attention and scientific Mm. research. She no longer had to do her labour. Yeah. Um, And in a way, being uh, this figure was actually in some ways raising her up in society. Mm. Um, All in all, I don't think there's any explanation that's um, particularly happy. No. It's just a kind of sad little story. Yeah. Um, I just kind of wanted to do it for a while because it's one of the most famous possession cases one of the OG possessions but every time I read about it it's just like oh no this just sounds sad and I don't I don't trust any of these men
0: no and I think like one thing that is odd well it was a lot but like I said like with the Enfield poltergeist like there's a similarities about the whole voice thing yeah like I think there obviously is a degree of it which could be obviously like a psychological or medical thing like Seizures and stuff do happen and people are hard to... Yeah. ...keep down their tongues and do strange things and all that. But, like, the weird talking in a completely different physically impossible voice for, some like, what, was she a 16-year-old girl? Like, that, I find that odd where it's a consistent yeah. thing that happens.
1: Because I don't know how... I don't,
0: I don't know how you explain that.
1: Yeah. I don't know how they'd suddenly learn how to do this.
0: Yeah. Um... But you do kind of wonder, like, she was his servant, is not yeah. she? Yeah. Yeah. So, See, and like, if she, she was accusing him of things, you do kind of wonder what happened in the house. Personally.
1: Yeah. And also just why, like, if... The explanations I thought were going to be more kind of psychologically yeah. an- analysing her. But, like, you know, I quite like the idea of her sort of doing it to rebel, but I kind of don't... I don't believe she would be doing that.
0: I don't believe it 100%. Like, she had, like, what, one seizure for, like, 48 hours? I mean, that's exhausting.
1: Oh, yeah, no, like, I think she was actually yeah, having them. I just yeah. think... I don't... I don't get why, if you were to rebel...
0: you do like that.
1: ...accusing your master of, like, all these awful things and stuff like that. I don't know. It seems a bit It's wild. quite risky.
0: Cause it could go very wrong for you.
1: Yeah. Well... Glad we now live in times without sexism <laughs> uh, or any prejudice against mental health. Um, Tell me your ghost story.
0: So mine is Another Big Boo. And you know what it is because you printed it off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do. And I, yeah, there's a sort of theme.
0: Yeah. It's quite similar, but not.
1: Sorry, did I steal some of your spooky thunder?
0: No, you didn't. It's fine. Okay, good. Anyway, this is the Bell Witch, which is a big group. I hadn't heard of it until quite recently myself.
1: You can ring my bell, ding dong! I'm so excited. So, okay. can I just briefly say, yeah. Bell Witch? When we started this, I listed you, a bunch of yeah. things.
0: Was that one of them? I
1: haven't looked into anything. Yeah. But it was one of the things I was going to do. Yeah. And it's really exciting. Okay. You can't. No. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're going to do it better.
0: Okay. So, just like a shout out. Beginning. I got most of my information from bellwitch.org and thoughtco.com slash the bellwitch and a bunch of numbers and also a few bits were nitpicked from Wikipedia.
1: Just a bit. Yeah. I would never copy and paste things mm, wholesale from Wikipedia. I
0: didn't copy and paste.
1: No, I'm making a joke because all of my last story <laughs> was. That's why I didn't credit it.
0: Okay. <clears throat> Some setup background. Love it. John Bell. Was born in Edgecombe, Edgecombe,
1: no,
0: <laughs> North Carolina, in 1750. No, near Groton as far as I know.
1: It's in the same sort of. It's in, like, colonies, is it? Because you're the 1600s. I got some 17s. I don't know. Continue. Anyway. He apprenticed
0: as a barrel maker, but then became a farmer instead. And I said because Donkey Kong be moved away. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Didn't need <even> barrels anymore. <laughs> uh,
1: to our horror podcast <laughs> i actually stopped listing this as like fact <laughs> just just mean, a
0: comedy. <laughs> well loosely fact anyway he married he got married to lucy williams in 1782 and he was 32 and apparently she was 12 because she was born in 1770 which is kind of gross
1: i mean you know i,
0: mean, it, I know the times but still
1: mm. Bad. Like,
0: um maybe some of the dates are off, because they weren't always quite on their... No, I think
1: sweater, she was probably 12. But
0: she was likely 12, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. So they had the first child, Jessie, in 1790. How old was she? Um, she would have been 20 when she had her first kid.
1: Okay. So that's acceptable. Such... Maybe they didn't do anything. <laughs> so I'm guessing they
0: didn't do anything before, I don't know.
1: Oh, okay, go on.
0: Um, then they had John Jr. in 1793. The friends the your kids?
1: The kids can call you Johnju.
0: <laughs> That's a nice picture of him.
1: Is that John Jr.? That's
0: John Jr.. That's when he was born. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Quick, get a photo of him. Um, yeah, he's quite an old looking baby. Yeah,
0: they, uh, they took an illustration. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's the ultrasound. <laughs> it's just a painting of his That's
0: why it's round.
1: Yeah, it's a painting of his old man.
0: Mm, he is born of a crown.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. You know. Years so later, they had this. They had Drury, um, and then I said their third son, Benjamin, in 1804, but I think that's their fourth son. Unless Drury is a girl,
1: maybe
0: I don't know. I don't know. I didn't look, look up the names. Um, in the winter of 1804 to 05, after their cops fell for a couple of years, John, Lucy, and their son slash maybe daughter, <laughs> picked up and moved over the North Carolina mountains to a very promising area of Tennessee to grow crops in what is now Robertson County called the Barren Plains. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Otherwise known as Red River, which doesn't sound ominous at all.
1: And also Death Valley.
0: <laughs> he bought a nice bit of land, a big house, and ended up with 328 acres and a bunch of fields. So he's two
1: you are going to say children. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you're wrong. So he was doing all right and was even made an elder of the Red River of the Baptist Church. What are the Baptists? They are they sort of a bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think one of their defining traits is baptising.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, but like, I think they're quite like they're quite cool. Gone yeah. are
1: they? Are are not knowing anything, it? I think they're they're probably a bit more a bit cooler than pure.
0: Yeah, I think they're not—they're not strict. I don't think they're as crazy, like, quite as excitable as Pentecostals.
1: (laughs) What Christian denomination top trumps excitability?
0: (laughs) They're doing so well. They had even more kids: Betsy in 1806, Richard in 1811, and the baby bell, Joel. (laughs) (laughs)
1: 1813. (laughs) Baby back. Oh my Uh, god! (laughs) Stop!
0: Uh, I think that's the last of my terrible jokes.
1: Now it's chill time.
0: Hmm. Everything was going well for the bells until 1817 when the family started seeing capital T things.
1: (laughs) Capital T things.
0: John was inspecting his cornfield one day and he saw it, saw it right in the middle of a corn row.
1: Theresa May running through <laughs> it at lightning speed <laughs> say, back in the 1700s <laughs> when she was just a kid. I was going to
0: say corn. <laughs> 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 it's the 1800s now, will get rid of it. Sorry. Um, an animal with the body of a dog but the head of a rabbit. Ooh. John spotted it several times but the animal mysteriously vanished. And I've of another illustration someone took. Um, this is from the book that was published quite a lot later. But um, it's a bit, it's quite creepy. I mean, they added some, like, they, I think they sort of like, it's got some added much. some flourishes of, like, some like women floating around. Yeah. And it looks more like a horse with a man's head as opposed to a dog with a rabbit head. But, I mean.
1: I'll give it. It's its kind of gross. I mean, you get the
0: picture. and There's no mm. corn. But, I mean, <laughs> 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 apparently this is from the scene.
1: <laughs> a police sketch. Yeah.
0: Um, so he managed to forget the eldritch creature he just encountered until after dinner that evening when they heard loud beating noises from the outside walls of their house. Drew Bell, now about, I wrote two, but I think it, it probably meant 20. I think I missed the letter, the number off. Maybe 21, I don't know. Approached an unknown bird that was perched on a fence that flew off that was apparently of extraordinary size. I mean, it's just a big bird.
1: This is very surreal.
0: And Betsy, now 11, saw a girl in a green dress swinging from the limb of a tree. Um, Dean, there, in air quotes, enslaved servant, otherwise known as portent at saying slave nicely, <laughs> was followed by a large black dog on evenings he visited his wife. Mm. Um, the knocking sounds became more loud and frequent, every time the family went out to investigate, there was nothing there. In the following weeks, the children complained that they could hear rats gnawing on their bedposts, invisible dogs fighting and chains scraping along the floor. John Bell started experiencing paralysis in his mouth as well. Um, The ghostly harassment escalated further when the children's bedcovers and pillows were pulled off them in the middle of the night by invisible force. They began hearing a faint whispering old woman's voice on the edge of their consciousness singing hymns. The old lady seemed to have out for Betsy, who was on the receiving end of the worst of the abuse. Betsy was pinched, slapped, had her hair pulled, and she was stabbed with pins. It was so bad that she actually had welts left in her body.
1: I don't think they should have moved to the barren plains. Yeah.
0: The family tried to keep their torments under wraps, but eventually told their neighbour and best friend, James Johnston, so, of course, he decided to stay the night in the Terror House and brought his wife along as well.
1: The Terror House?
0: That's what I called it. <laughs> well, I mean, like, it's not a very nice house if they're taking on No. Is
1: that um, the sequel to Terror House? Yeah.
0: They had their bed covers removed and were slapped about, to which James shouted out, In the name of the Lord, who are you and what do you want? No one replied.
1: <laughs> <laughs> scene.
0: So he just went back to sleep. James couldn't read All right. all right. He was considered an expert on Christianity and the Bible, which is a bit strange, because we couldn't read it.
1: He just listened a lot.
0: Yeah, maybe he, he listened really intently in the I guess
1: you would yeah. though, wouldn't you? You yeah. just go to church and hear the He page. listened
0: really well. He mm. had the memory. Because he was so devout, so he and his sons quickly declared that it was an evil spirit, a demon, just like in the Bible. I've seen on T V. <laughs> Um, according to the main source of info about this, an authenticated history of the Bell Witch by Martin Van Buren Ingram, everyone called the witch Kate because she came to be old Kate Bats's witch. Um, and, I like, it's called the Bell Witch, but they're not claiming she's a witch like the Salem witch trials so much. Like, the term is. Um, like, you know how in your story uh, they thought she. Elizabeth claimed that she saw a woman yes. who was like, who was one, like, uh, enchanting, however. Like, I think witch is also another term for someone's, like, spectre or ghost, and, like, often that would be as in cast by a witch, but I think it can also just mean it's the spirit of this old woman who's yeah. come back for revenge. Like, yeah. it's not literally a woman. Um, slightly different. Um, The prevailing account is that it is the spirit of Kate Batts, a mean old neighbour of John Bell, who believed she was cheated by him in a land purchase. On her deathbed, she saw that she would haunt John Bell and his descendants. He seems pretty solid.
1: I want to haunt someone. I want to promise to haunt someone from my deathbed. Who would
0: you haunt? Do you have anyone on your mind? Anyone close?
1: Just like the person in the bed next to me? I
0: think I'd go after my old headmistress.
1: Oh, actually, yeah. I... I want to full-on do a Matilda, yeah. like... Like, um,
0: as a natural ghost, not a telekinesis. Yeah. Anyway. Um So, after uh, this episode with the neighbours, um, the entity got a bit more chatty. And she began having full conversations, and even somehow managed, word for word, to repeat two sermons given 13 miles apart at the same time. And I'm just like, that is impressive. So do I I did
1: that. Uh, yeah. Like, what's the, what's the point, Kate? Hmm? <laughs> it's not proving anything other than. It just than proves me...
0: that you like listening to Bible sermons. <laughs> it was very scary
1: at the time. <laughs> I, mean, <I've> been... <laughs> <laughs> I can't get it. <laughs> sorry. sorry, I should have talked and yawned on the podcast. I'm sorry, I it was very scary at yeah, the time. I mean,
0: it, I mean creepy, but I mean, I'm a bit random, I would say. Um, one of James's sons, John, then devised a test for ghosts' powers. He asked her what his Dutch step grandmother in North Carolina would say if she thought one of her slaves did something wrong. And I'm sorry again for this s- slavery, but it was what's going on. Mm. Um Kate then replied, and his a grandmother's accent, i.e., Dutch, hut tut What has happened now? Which means means she's got impressions
1: so part of her is knowing lots of things. yeah
0: she's like um she's not just like a ghost she's also om- omniscient mm. right? yes. it's
1: kind of an odd detail that you don't usually get in these ghost yeah, stories where so
0: it would i think like because they said i mean pe- they're calling her kate
1: mm.
0: because it because of this old lady who um swore that she would haunt them then James, who knows his Bible stuff, is actually like as an evil spirit, like a demon in the Bible. And I think he's probably more right. And I think that the, the demon is just like, excuse me, if you're going to call me Kate, fine.
1: Yeah, because like mostly people ask questions about like how did you die, mm-hmm. where where are you, and things like that. This is more like general knowledge.
0: Yeah, it's more like just like testing skills. Yeah. Um, so similarly. A sceptical Englishman came to investigate, because by now, I'm not entirely sure of the year at this point, but a lot of people had been hearing and been coming by to see, well not see the ghost, but experience Mm. the ghost slash witch slash demon, Um, because they didn't have TV back then, and when he mentioned his family back home in England, the witch began to mimic his family's voices back to him. Which, I mean, if he says that they're English, then you know he been on. Spit spot me, old governor. Yeah, but, I mean, I guess if he if she did the exact voices, yeah. then that's a bit different. Um, he stayed the night, and he was awoken by the witch, echoing his parents' voices, worrying since they could apparently hear his disembodied voice too back in England.
1: Uh, okay, now that's kind of weird. Yeah. She's like a so, spiritual telegram.
0: Like, yeah, like she so says, she can go all the way across. Can she like project? Is she actually over? going back there to England, or is she just, like, projecting the voice over, overseas? I don't know. It's so many questions. So he quickly left soon after, and later, the Bell's apologising for his earlier scepticism. <laughs> um. So, John Bell, John Bell Jr., Drury Bell, or Jesse Bell, oh, John Bell's eldest son, so they only have the one daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, had all fought under General Andrew Jackson, who later became the President. Um, in the Battle of New Orleans, in 1819, Jackson decided to visit the Bell Farm and, you can know, tell I didn't write this bit, see what all the hoopla was about. <laughs> um, Jackson's entourage consisted of several men, some well-groomed horses and a wagon. As they approached the Bell property, the wagon stopped suddenly. Horses couldn't pull it. That's a picture of the kerfuffle. <laughs> Taken the time,
1: <laughs> It's a drawing. Likes. Yeah.
0: I will put them on the Facebook at some point.
1: Some point. <laughs> yes.
0: Um, after several unsuccessful minutes of trying to get the horses and wagons moving, Jackson shouted, By the Eternal, boys, that must be the Bell Witch. In reply, a woman's voice said they could now proceed, and she'd see them <laughs> later in the evening. And Jackson and his entourage made it up to the Bell House. Jackson and John Bell, I think... Senior, not junior,
1: uh-huh.
0: had a long chat. while well, his men kept a lookout for the entity to show up. One of whom claimed to be a witch tamer, which is not a thing. <laughs> like your rich hunter, not a tamer, no tame the birds. <coughs> exactly. Like they're not lions. Um, nothing happened for several hours, and this same air quotes witch tamer out his shiny pistol and claimed it was because evil spirits upon not attack because they'd be scared of his silver bullet that would kill any evil spirits it came into contact with. Of course, Kate didn't like this. <laughs> and immediately after his bragging, the man started screaming and jerking about, complaining that he was being stuck with pins and beaten up. An invisible foot literally kicked him in the bum and out the door.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I kind of love her.
0: Yeah. Um, Kate was still angry and claimed there was another fraud in the group who had been tormented and exposed the next evening. The men all wanted to leave, but now Jackson didn't know who the fraud was, so he, ins- he insisted on saying. His men refused to stay in the house though, and slept in tents outside. It's not recorded what exactly happened next, but something must have scared them off, because the whole group was spotted the next morning in Springfield on Route to Nashville. <laughs> so, weirdly enough, despite mostly abusing and harassing people, Kate was actually nice to Lucy, John's wife. She called her the most perfect woman to walk the earth, gave her fresh fruit and sang her hymns. Yay. (laughs) Harold. (laughs) Harold. Um, Eventually, Betsy, no longer 11, I I hope, (laughs) became interested in a young man called Joshua Gardner who lived nearby, and they got engaged.
1: I mean, uh, her granddad married a 12-year-old.
0: No, it was her dad who married a 12-year-old.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, then, um...
0: But, um...
1: Maybe she is... not I'm assuming she's
0: slightly older than 11, but I think she's under 18 still. Yep. Um, and they got engaged, which made almost everyone happy. Apart from Kate. The entity, I mean, she just didn't like child marriage, I think. Um,
1: she just didn't like the streets. She didn't like men. <laughs> no.
0: The entity repeatedly told Betsy not to marry him. There's, there's old Josh.
1: Oh. I
0: mean... They make out he's a young man, but he, I mean, he looks. I mean, I guess that's when he's older.
1: It's like a sketch of Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> um, but she wasn't the only one who didn't approve. Something to consider.
1: Like <laughs> <laughs> this is the something to consider part of the story. Yep.
0: Is her former school teacher, Richard Powell, 11 years her senior.
1: Mm mm-hmm.
0: He's in, the, in this picture. hmm. He, well, he looks a bit more dapper, but anyway, not acceptable. Um, also expressed his interest in marrying Betsy once she was older. So he like, co- like, started liking her when she was a kid in school and he was her teacher. Like, Dodgy.
1: Dodgy AF.
0: I know, right? And some sources say he was also a student of the occult. I mean, who is? I mean, is that not what we are? But anyway. Um, he politely expressed his disappointment in the match, but wished the couple well. I'll get back to Kate tormented Josh, I call him Josh, Josh and Betsy who couldn't go to the river, field or cave to play, which suggests they are still basically children if they're playing in caves and fields, mm-hmm. and just in general, because no one says, oh, the adults are going to have to play, And <laughs> <laughs> um, without her tormenting them. All the while she was ruining relationships, she was also adamantly going after the patriarch John. He'd been having episodes of a twitching face and difficulty swallowing. well over a year and his condition just continued to worsen by the autumn of 1820 he was so ill he was confined to the house in one strange encounter the witch the witch took off his shoes which flew off his feet as he walked i hope they made a (laughs) wee wee noise (laughs) Um, and she slapped him in the face as he was having seizures cursing him all the while calling him old jack bell in her screechy voice Which is pretty terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Um, Then in December 1820, John slipped into a coma and died. Straight afterwards, the family found in their cupboard a vial of an unknown liquid. John Jr. decided to test what it was by feeding it to the family cat that then immediately died. (coughs) R.I.P. Sad face emoji.
1: Sad family cat.
0: Um, I've got a picture of them killing the cat there.
1: This is very well documented in a...
0: Well, like, the pictures were from the book that was written in the late 1800s, and this all happened in the late 1800s. I'm not touching
1: your bottom, I dropped my guile <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I mean, I was touching your bottom, I'm sorry. I'll stop for then. Continue. Because that's fine.
0: Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's not like, this This does not
1: taken on the scene. Okay.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, it's an imaginary
1: imagination of what happened. An imaginary imagination of what happened. Yeah.
0: So after the cat had just been murdered, um almost the bad, um, Kate's voice spoke up, exclaiming, I gave old Jack a big dose of that last night, which fixed him. Junior then threw the vial into the fireplace where it burst into a bright, light, a bright blue flame and shot up the chimney.
1: So they're just hearing this woman yeah. shout in their house. Yeah. That is quite frightening.
0: Yeah, it's very scary.
1: I know that I'm, I kind of love her because... She, I mean, other than implying that she killed someone in that coma, um, she seems more mischievous yeah. and just kind of like a bit annoying. I think she's I don't know, but Does like, she, she just went wrong. But like, the, the shouting was probably really scary. Yeah. Um,
0: Kate sang his funeral uninvitedly, obviously. She mm-hmm. wasn't the hardest attainment.
1: <laughs> what did she sing? Um, I was in this dream. Um, no, she didn't
0: sing Dolly Pun. She sang about a bottle of brandy. <laughs> um, um, so she mostly disappeared after killing both John and the cat. But she, but she still remained to spit up Betsy and Joshua for good. They broke off their engagement in Easter 1821. Kate had caused Betsy such emotional distress. like She was worried that because her... 'Cause Kate focused on the dad so much and then he mm. ended up dead and that she was also focused so much on her not marrying Joshua, she thought that if she that Kate would eventually kill him. So she thought, well, I don't want to end up inadvertently murdering this guy I quite like. Mm. So I'm gonna have to break it off, which is quite sad. Um mm. but soon after her other fancier, Richard Powell, swoops in
1: slides into her no,
0: no, DMs. Into
1: her pantaloons.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a bit too far from this period. I'm sorry, sorry. sorry. Um, but he didn't slide into her pantaloons, but he stayed into her house and recited poetry to make her feel better. A ghost had killed her dad, beaten her up, and stopped her getting married. <laughs> yeah. Just a Nice little poems. I that's bit fair enough. Maybe some numerics, I don't know. Then, funnily enough, they got married three years later.
1: Three years? seems so was he, he, quite... He, um... he took his
0: time. Yeah, I mean, he like was quite guess,
1: patient. In a, yeah, for a school teacher who wants to marry his student.
0: I mean, I guess he waited all that time for another three years. He's,
1: in, um, he seems like a good egg. <laughs> <No> <laughs> in way. that sad world.
0: I mean, I now I'm still a bit
1: Finish the story suspect. and let me um decide when I know all the information.
0: <laughs> um, some have suggested that the whole Bell Witch situation was, in fact, a big ruse um, concocted by Richard Powell to break up Betsy and Joshua and get the girl. However, so many things are difficult to explain through trickery and deception on his part, unless he actually summoned an evil spirit through that occult schooling mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. I think he was probably just a chancer. That's my that's my official take on the situation. Yeah. And probably a bit of a perv considering he first liked her when she was a school kid.
1: Yes, good. I agree with that. Anyway I take back my good egg yeah. statement.
0: In April of eighteen twenty one, Kate visited her crush, the now widow Lucy, and said she'd be back for a visit in the seven years. I don't know where she went in that time, but she was true to her word and came back in 1828 to have some nice chats with John Junior. Do you know what they talked about? witch. Oh, what? No.
1: What?
0: What do you mean? No, no. Lucy stayed. Kate went on. Oh,
1: okay. What did they talk about?
0: say so the ghost slash witch came back and she talked with him about the origin of life.
1: Whenever, you keep calling her Kate, Kate, and I keep forgetting that's the name of the ghost. Because <laughs> so, it's like, so Kate was like, "I'm like, you mean the disembodied voice doing yeah, yeah. their thing. The disembodied voice
0: Kate. Yeah,
1: okay.
0: And nice chat with John Jr. about the origin of life,
1: mm-hmm.
0: civilizations, Christianity, and need for a mass spiritual awakening.
1: You know, they'd enjoy that um, Magnumolia Alexandria, yeah. America I mean, book, probably. I
0: think it's probably out by then, so, you know, mm. they Maybe had a book club, didn't And oh.
1: um,
0: She also did the Civil War, amongst other things. I don't know what other things were. <laughs> um, then, after, after another three weeks of riveting conversation, she popped off again and promised to visit John's most direct descendant in 107 years. She, however, seemed to get distracted because in 1935, Nashville's physician Charles Bailey Bell, who did actually write about her, he made a bit about her and everything, um, received no such visit, which is a bit rude.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: TBH Um, Maybe he didn't live in the same house So she couldn't find him again But then like also she knew what people in England were doing So kind of like I think she's coming forward Or she forgot I mean I'm in some years
1: That's quite a long time It's
0: specific I mean I don't really Like what was she thinking I don't know what her plan was
1: Maybe they had other descendants who were visiting them
0: Yeah I mean maybe they just didn't say Because they thought well no one's going to believe me Mm Um Maybe he wasn't really the most direct descendant. Maybe she knew a family, like, controversy. She
1: just visited some random person who... Yeah, who was... actually
0: was the most direct descendant. Yeah. The, the illegitimate. Um, mm. She hasn't explicitly been seen since the last visit in 1828, but she is still blamed for the odd happenings that occur near the farm today. The faint sounds of people talking and children uh, playing can sometimes <laughs> be heard in the area, and it's not uncommon to see, in quotes, candlelights, dance through the dark fields late at night. Photography is especially difficult. Some pictures taken in the area show mist, orbs, yes. and other phenomena, phenomena, including human-like figures, who were not present when the pictures were taken. And I think, I don't know, I might return to this, because I do know there's like a whole other thing about like a cave nearby that they think she's in now, but like I don't want to drag on too long. So,
1: might do a sequel in the future, I don't know. Bell 2, the bellening. The cave. The cave. Um, yeah. The Bell Witch. Congratulations for doing the Bell Witch. When I was... I think I wrote it down because I watched, like, a Netflix episode or something of, like, unexplained things. Um, and so, I think I was imagining a very different thing. I, well, you did say winter, and it, I just. There's a lot of snow in the <laughs> thing I was lo- looking at. I think the story I was. Well, he,
0: did, he did die in December.
1: Yeah. The uh, the story also started with Kate alive, and we uh, got to see her, and yeah. she seemed like a bit of a nuisance. <laughs> uh, the whole, like, swindling someone out of land yeah. stuff, um, I think she was very much in the wrong. Probably.
0: Yeah. But well done. Thanks.
1: That was our witchy double bell. Yeah. Um, we actually have an email, yeah. which I'm going to read out. We uh, oh yeah, have
0: that person. I don't
1: know. No, it's fine. I'm going to read it out because I told them to send it in. We had a. We were having a an Nando's, <laughs> and he said he listened to the podcast. So this is from James, um, and he said very casually just some story, and I was like that. You should see some of the stories we get. That was definitely worthy of being <laughs> entered in. I think that's the thing I want to say. If you have sending in emails, it doesn't need to be like this long, drawn out horror story. No. Literally, if you like know someone who once saw a shape in the in a house yeah. or something, that'll be perfect. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. We also
0: accept imaginary friends who may not be imaginary.
1: Oh, please send in our, your imaginary friend stories, um. definitely. Um, do I tell you about my mum's.
0: Yeah,
1: because then I like told to you about mine. Oh, yes. You are, you are <laughs> a conduit. Okay. Conduit for horror. Yeah, so this is from, uh, this email is called Two Sort of Ghost Stories. So, expectations. Yeah. Sort yeah. of
0: ghosts or sort
1: of stories? We'll find out. Um, a year or so ago, I had just seen a film with my mum and sister, and we were heading home. Since we were in the area, my sister showed an interest in checking out the infamous house from the infamous Enfield Haunting. <laughs> we arrived at about uh, the time schools were finished for the day, and so, a par- so parking was difficult, especially seeing as the house in question was directly opposite a primary school, which was ominous at a ve- um, or at least tempting fate. Mm-hmm. I guess with children yeah. and ghosts, blah, blah, Okay. We had to park a few streets away, and for some reason, I felt no desire to check out the house. It felt odd at the time, and I know I kind of regret it. My mum and sister seemed to be taking their time, and when they finally got back to the car, my sister excitedly told me that they had tried to take a picture of the house, but that her phone refused to take the ph- photo. I didn't immediately believe this because, well, let's be honest, it's a bit convenient if not dramatic then she showed me her phone she took a screenshot of the phone screen and sure enough the top section of the picture showed the house as it should be and the bottom half was obscured by a purple glitch mark Mm -hmm. Uh, She then undercut the explained nature of the picture by saying that her phone does that from time to time. (laughs) But still, strange timing. Who knows? Another unexplained maybe ghost story comes from maybe 15 years ago, maybe longer, when my family en masse and I would go on a weekend stay uh, in Broadstairs in Kent. One evening, probably the Saturday, my sister and I were were in our hotel room with our mum looking after us. My dad was with my aunt and uncle downstairs in the hotel bar. My dad apparently had to go to the bathroom and did so. (laughs) On his way back to the bar, he passed the staircase leading up to the rooms, and as he did, two small children peered down at him uh, and cheered hello to him. He replied likewise and continued to the bar. At the bar, my dad asked the landlord if the kids he saw were his own, to which the landlord replied almost predictably, that he did not have, uh, but he did not have children, and indeed that my sister and myself were the only children mm. staying in the hotel. So what were they? Was the landlord lying? Was it my sister and me? Now I'm sure I. Now I'm sure I'd remember that it wasn't us. Um, I'll just make that clear. Or was it something else? I really murder these emails, don't I? <laughs> <you. laughs> uh, they put so much time into like pacing, and I ruin it. Uh, Broadstairs was a place where Charles D- Dickens. <laughs> Used to visit a lot, and indeed, the bleak house is found there. Maybe they were a couple of his urchins left behind. Mm. Hope they are interesting enough. All the best, James. That's I just wanted to say it, because he was, like, very flippant about, oh yeah, we visited the Enfield house and we couldn't take yeah. a photo of it. And I was like, send that in. Because yeah. we did an Enfield episode. Mm. Um... Excellent. Thank you. Please keep sending in emails. We will read everything out because we don't get enough to not. <laughs> uh, but um, send them to thepoltercast at gmail. Yeah. Uh, Facebook, podcast. Yeah. Twitter, podcast. All of it's podcast. Yeah. Thank you to Graham Waller and Glitter Wolf for our theme music. Um, but until next time, rest in peace. It sounded so quizzical. Rest in peace? (laughs) Rest in peace.